Uh, hello. Hello. Hi. How's it going? Pretty good. No existential dread or... No more than... Well, I guess a little more than usual. <laughs> Just a, like what percentage more than usual? Um, 10 more. 10% more. 10% more? Yeah. Okay. That's well, we were already enough. pretty close to the max before. Oh, okay. So... You just hover at like a solid 85% usually? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. What happens if you hit 100% on the existential dread scale? We'll see. I'll just have to watch... Uh, Requiem for a dream next week and find out what happens. <laughs> you think that'll give you the solid 15? I feel like it will. I yeah. think that I haven't seen it, but I think that maybe as long as you do not and are not planning on doing heroin, I can't imagine it giving you that big of a crisis. I don't know. I heard it's pretty rough. Well, yeah, but I mean, as far as existential dread goes, I think it's just like you don't like to see people on heroin. Might be yeah, why it's that's rough. That's probably true. You know, I don't know. It's Who like watching the future holds. It's like me. watching train spotting. I'm like, man, I'm sad, but I'm not like questioning the purpose of existence afterwards. Guys, don't do drugs. Yeah. Um this is the crew here. Uh just letting you guys know, don't do heroin. It's a bad day. It'll give you it will it will you might have one good day and then it'll give you a lot of bad days. <laughs> so I mean let's not pretend things aren't the way they are. We we live in a society. That's a, that we do. That's yes, we do. It's <laughs> a Seinfeld reference. Oh. Sorry. Yeah. Didn't catch it. Sorry. Which episode? It's just kind of a thing they say sometimes. Okay. I don't know. No. Hello <laughs> and welcome to episode 32 of We Watch Movies and Then Talk About Them. The only podcast on the internet where we watch a movie and then talk about it. There may be other podcasts where people watch a movie and then talk about it, but this is the only one where we do it. My name is Andrew Westensko. I am the host of this year podcast. I am joined at my right hand in life and in all things by Becca. Hello, that's me. And at my left hand by Sid. Hi. Mostly just in the podcast. Yeah. But also in friendship. <gasps> Beautiful. So sweet. Oh, mm. I'm going to make us friendship bracelets. The yes. real prisoners were the friends we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> so am I your prisoner? Yes. Good. I wouldn't want anyone else. That, Thanks. That's so nice. <laughs> so you're saying we could abduct you and you would just be kind of like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, you'd give me popcorn every day and... Not every day. We eat popcorn, like, three or four times a week. I get popcorn three or four times a week, and maybe sometimes you'd make me watch a disturbing movie and, you know, be a fun time. Keep you in our basement. Yeah. We don't have a basement. This is our basement. Is this our basement? Yeah. That's pretty nice. (laughs) In any case, let's talk about the floor plan of our house. (laughs) This is really exciting podcasting, folks. Um, Today... We're going to be talking about Denny Villeneuve's uh, 2013, I'm looking, 2013 film Prisoners, um, starring Jake Gyllenhaal and Hugh Jackman. Usually I try and come up with something ridiculous. I would say Jake Gyllenhaal's blinking. Oh, yeah. Is that his normal blinking? Is that not in trivia? No. That's, there's nothing it, about it it's it's like a tick that his character has oh okay i didn't i didn't catch yeah, that. yeah that's what i thought i think we talked about it the first time we watched it mm-hmm. but also just all his tattoos were great dude i loved his hand tattoos and i actually really liked his neck tattoo let's all just talk about how much we love 
Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, I know we, we could have a whole <laughs> podcast. Dude, we really could. Just Jake Gyllenhaal. Love it. I'm going to say right now, if we have a Jake Gyllenhaal podcast, I demand a Ryan Gosling podcast. Okay. And I demand to make my case why Ryan Gosling is better than Jake Gyllenhaal. We could have a Jake okay. Gyllenhaal versus Ryan Gosling, and we have to watch all the movies. The SmackDown. I'm if fine we, with all of this. No, okay, so here's the deal. I'm saying this now. It's on tape. Well, it's on a hard drive. We don't record the tape. <laughs> um, if we ever get to the point of being a podcast where uh, we do live shows, our live shows are just going to be us arguing about which is hotter between two actors. <laughs> yes. I love it. Let's do it right now. No, we have. Oh, fine. Can, you really can... gave that up quick. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, guess what? Sid was on time to the podcast today. I was because we didn't really set a time. Yep. So That's fair. Also, I woke up. It's like you have a six hour window to arrive. <laughs> <laughs> I woke up from a nap and then I saw your text. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> and I didn't even text you. It was like one o'clock and I was like, oh, yeah. I woke come up. over. Yeah. You were like, you come over anytime after four. I woke up at four. So. <laughs> it was after four you didn't that's true so that's true she shows up at 11 30 <laughs> well it's after four great now we have but to i was not late today like the record show yep and um you know we had an unfortunate occurrence last week and i'm just going to be uh straight up with the audience here uh we recorded an episode last week about the thing and you don't get to hear it you don't get to hear it because i'm a big moron dum-dum and it somehow got deleted before I could save it. <laughs> I don't think that's your fault. I think it just happened. I have no idea how it happened. Uh, but I want to tell you that Sid was late for that. Yeah, I was. So she has a record of tardiness now. <laughs> One. One record. Two. two. Last oh, time was right, the right, second right. time Last in a row. Yeah, come on. Eh, whatever. I'm tired, Okay. I might just like in yes. general. Yes. <laughs> I need a lot of sleep. I'm not getting it. I don't think I'm tired is an excuse for a recurring thing. <laughs> Actually, in Sid's case, I think it is. She's been tired since like seventh grade. Oh, before that. <laughs> before then, it's like from birth. I've been tired since like 2003. <laughs> <laughs> no, my mom actually says that I was always a baby that slept a lot. So, also an adult. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you know what? Are we going to deny that sleep is great? Sleep is great. I just spent a little too much time on it. It's fine. But I like that you're sticking to your guns. You're not backing down. Because if I were to back down, I would be sleep deprived and go insane. Oh, I mostly just mean in this argument. You're uh-huh. firmly on the side of... I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I appreciate that you're not backing down. I think it's good. Please don't lock me in a shower and scald me. No, I'm not quite there yet. Okay, that's good. Because that's what happens when people don't back down. I wouldn't even know how to like fix the shower right to do that. A lot of woodwork involved in yeah. that. Yeah. Okay, in any case, people, here we go. Let's keep it on track. Yeah, because we know what happens when we get off track. When we get off track, <laughs> the episode gets deleted. Um, all right, so today we're talking about Denis Villeneuve's 2013 film, Prisoners, starring Jake Gyllenhaal and Hugh Jackman and Paul Dano and uh, some other people. I don't know. Some folks. But really, it's mostly uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Hugh Jackman. Uh, it tells the story of some people who get kidnapped, and then the story gets really sad. And um, Not just some people. Two 
little girls. Two little girls get kidnapped. That's way worse than just some people. <laughs> <laughs> What's worse? So let's say somebody, oh, hypothetically, roll with me here, right? Somebody kidnaps an entire bus full of adults and says, if this bus goes below 50 miles an hour, it's going <laughs> to explode, right? So that's scenario one. Wait, is Keanu Reeves on said bus? Sandra Bullock also. <gasps> yeah, it's crazy. So this is scenario one. Scenario two, two little girls get kidnapped. Which of those is worse? A bus full of adults or two little girls? Those adults have already lived their lives. But it's Keanu Reeves. Yeah, Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock. We've got plenty of movies with them. I can just rewatch the movies. You never did appreciate John Wick. <laughs> yeah. We're not we're getting not, distracted. We're not getting into this. Here uh, we go. The kids are worse. Oh, wow. It's yeah. a hot I take. mean, I, you know, I love Keanu, but he survived. That's true. Yeah, if spoilers, he's on spoilers for speed. <laughs> came out 20 years ago. Oh, longer. Really? Oh, I'm sure. Let's see. Let's see what, see what your speed came out while I'm introing the podcast. All right. We are. Oh. 24. Oh, wow. So was that 96? 94. 94. I don't know how old anybody is. No. Yeah. Because I'm 23 and I was born in 95. I'm 27. I was born in 92. I'm 23 and I was born in 96. <laughs> Now that Sid, everyone knows 24. how old everyone is. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm almost 24. <laughs> All right, so here's how it's going to go down. Uh, this is going to be a spool, a spool, a full spoiler podcast. Uh, we're going through all the deets of this. We're going to get some hot takes in here. Um, after that, we're going to do some in-depth discussion. Sid will regale us with the best of the best of IMDb movie trivia. And then we'll get into some other topics where we're mostly going to talk about how excited we are for Midsummer. That's basically how this is going to go. So, um, let's go ahead and let's start with some hot takes. Don't burn yourself on these hot takes. Becca, how hot is your hot take? Uh, it's, it's pretty, it's okay. It's not like the hottest heat you could get from a hot take, but it's, Are we talking up there. mild or medium salsa here? Like medium. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's the best kind. Because I really like this movie. It, this is my second time seeing it. We watched it like a year ago? Or is it sooner than I that? I have no conception of time. We watched it some period it's, of it's time ago. It's been seen. Yes. And I loved it and have been thinking about it ever since. And we bought it pretty much immediately. Yep. Love having it on the shelf. Yes. And we've pulled it many weeks in a row, but have yet just now watched it. Um, anyway, I think that it's fantastic. I think it's very intense and like keeps you engaged the entire time. And even for the second time watching it, I kind of forgot how things played out. Like I remembered the main things, but there were... Yeah, I kept looking over at you, like seeing your reaction to things. And I'm like, you've seen this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I knew what was happening most of the time. I just like forgot how it happened or I forgot like a couple small parts and I couldn't remember exactly how it all came together in the end. So it was really exciting for me to watch again. <laughs> and I mean, just any movie with Jake Gyllenhaal, sign me up. Any movie? Uh, Pretty much. What if he made a bad movie? I'd probably still watch it. I heard life was pretty bad. 
Hmm. I saw it. It's okay. Yeah. So, yeah. That's pretty much my hot take, but it's a great movie. All right. Sid, we've been uh, trying to, as consistently as possible, educate you on the magic of Denis Villeneuve. What are you talking about? This is the first one you've shown me that I hadn't seen. I don't know. I just talk about him a lot, and you haven't seen enough of his movies. I was waiting to watch this one with you guys. That's fair enough. How I'll, hot, I'll watch Blade Runner one day. How hot is your hot take? Uh, I feel like it's pretty warm. Spicy. <laughs> Hit me. Um, I really liked this movie, um, but I did not have a great time watching it. Um, a little puckered up? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, I think my ulcers is back after this. Um, but, yeah, I I really, I don't know if I enjoyed it because it's such a bleak movie. But I really, I enjoyed it. All right, that's just how you're going to have to say it. Um, I'm really glad I didn't end up watching this with my family a few weeks ago because that would have been rough. I I don't have any coherent thoughts about it right now, but, but I really can, liked it. You can hug your family afterwards and be like... Well, see, okay, this is how it would go if I were watching it with my family. This would be my mom through whole, the whole movie. Oh, that's scary. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> and, like, something would happen to the dog. <gasps> oh, that's so scary. <laughs> Through the whole movie, I, I want to watch every. This. I want to watch every movie with your mom from now you on. Need to meet no. her because she's amazing. <laughs> Did I tell you about when I watched Sicario with them? No. The whole time, my mom is asking questions constantly, and then my dad, who goes on a lot of study abroad to Mexico, would make her pause it like every ten minutes to explain the culture of Mexico. <laughs> I can't. That'd be really annoying, Rebecca. That's what Andrew does. <laughs> I cannot watch movies with them. We've been watching Chernobyl on HBO. Oh, okay. And that's pretty much how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> but it'd just be like stuff that like didn't really matter. Well, it's like every fact Andrew knows about Russia that yeah. might come up in yeah. the show. Hey, there's a real fancy piece of paper hanging on our wall that says, I know a lot of facts about Russia. You earned it. But like my dad wants to watch Roma, which I'm totally gung-ho for, but also... I don't know if I could stand watching Roma for four hours while he pauses it. Don't <laughs> warn him about the swinging dick. Just let it happen. I think I'll just like leave the room for a minute. <laughs> anyway, that was my hot take. No, it's you take the opportunity to use it as a power move, right? So when that scene comes on, you just look over and stare at your parents. <laughs> okay. I'll watch it tomorrow. Okay. Ooh, lucky. We're trying to go see Godzilla tomorrow. Saw it yesterday. Is it great? I'll get into it later. Oh, okay. Good job. Staying on topic. I like it. <laughs> Here comes my hot take. Um, this is a excellent film. That's it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so in the pantheon of the great Denis Villeneuve, um, this is actually my least favorite of his, which more speaks to the quality of his body of work than the quality of this film. Uh, because when three out of your five movies are either tens or potential tens, you're, <laughs> you're working with a pretty good palette there. Um, 
I'm not going to be mysterious, though. Blade Runner 2049, obviously the best Denis Villeneuve film by a good margin because it's uh, one of the best films ever made in the history of the medium. Tied for second place are Arrival and Enemy, uh, both of which are more than likely tens, but I still need to give it some more thought and see each of them again before I can really dive in there. Uh, Next up is Sicario followed by prisoners Sicario which we have an episode about you can go listen to it and hear our thoughts on Sicario so that is the official canon ranking of all of Denis News English movies he has some French ones I haven't seen uh this movie's great I think it's got a lot of interesting themes I think that the performances are great I think that the direction here is stellar uh yeah, that's my hot take. I think that it's just an incredibly well-crafted movie that has some interesting things to say and is incredibly depressing. Yes. Right? Agreed. Are we all agreeing that this <laughs> that is a depressing is. movie? Yes. Very depressing. Um, I'm looking up. I forget what order his movies came out in. I have also seen all five. Oh yeah, give us your uh your ranking. Becca. My ranking would be Arrival and then ugh, Enemy, then Blade Runner, then Prisoners, then Sicario. Did he seriously have Enemy and Prisoners come out in the same year? Oh really? How do you jeez, dude? And the fact that he's made all of these movies in the last f- 5 years. No, he made so Blade Runner came out in 2017. So in four years, he made Prisoners, Enemy, Sicario, Arrival, and Blade Runner. Oh my god! And had Dig Gyllenhaal for both Prisoners and Enemy. Jeez. And he's already working on a new one. He's working on Dune. Oh, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be so good. Because half of Hollywood's in it. I know. Literally, so Dune, for those of you who don't know, is an adaptation of a, a very popular sci-fi novel. I myself don't know much about it because I haven't read it. I have the audiobook on Audible because I used my free token to get it, and I haven't even touched it yet. So that, uh, But for, those, for people who use it, Audible is great. Uh, let's see what we got here. Uh, Stellan Skarsgård, Zendaya, Jason Momoa, Josh Brolin, Dave Bautista, Timothy Chalamet, Oscar Ooh. Isaac, Javier Bardem, uh, and then it gets into people I don't know. But like that ca- that cast list. Oh my Give gosh. me a break, folks. Give me a break. Oh my god. It's gonna be so good. When does it come out? Who There's the still film. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh it says twenty twenty. Got it. So we'll see. And we can only hope that Anna de Armas will make another appearance. Who? Anna de Armas. I'm sorry. She plays Joy in Blade Runner 2049. Is she like the hologram girl? Okay. She's she's pretty hot. She's an attractive person. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And I respect her as a human being. (laughs) I really do. That wasn't sarcastic. I don't know why I laughed. She's a great actress. Um, All right. So moving on to our uh, detailed discussion about prisoners. Who wants to start? Who has something to say? Um, well, the biggest thing I have to say is about the end. Do we want to just jump right to the end or should I save it? Yeah, we can jump right into the end. Okay. I, the first time I watched it, I didn't really like how it ended because it kind of left me hanging. Mm -hmm. 
But this time I decided that I really love how it ends because it leaves us hanging because I don't want to see what happens when they save Hugh Jackman. You do think they get him out? I think, I think so. so. I mean, um, what's Jake Gyllenhaal's character's name? Loki. Loki. That's right. I think he's a good enough detective that he'd figure it out. Like, I mean, he heard the whistle. Yeah. Like we <laughs> like, know we, that he looked towards the car. Like, I think he's fine. He's a good enough detective to be able to follow a sound. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But I I really like how it ended because I don't want to see him go to jail after what he did. So I just want to know that like, okay, he's at least alive and found, hopefully. And spoiler alert, the daughters are found too. Well, we already said we were doing spoilers. Well, I know, but just like first comments on the movie. Oh, it's about two girls who get abducted and oh, they're found. Yeah. I also uh, didn't love the ending last time we watched it, um, but found myself uh, much more okay with it this time. Not for the same reason. Um, I wouldn't necessarily mind seeing him go to prison and like actually face the consequences for what he did. Cause what he did was pretty jacked up. Yeah. Um, no pun intended, <laughs> but I think that that moment was the only place they could end it without needing to add another half hour to the movie. Yeah. And this movie yeah. doesn't need to be three hours long. Agreed. Oh. So that's more why I was okay with it. I was like, that's a good stopping place for this story. So going into it, I was preparing myself for the worst, which is no resolution, no closure. So even just that the girls were found and they figured out who did it was enough for me. So like I was still stressed when I wasn't sure if they were going to find him. But like just hearing the whistle at the end kind of calmed me down a little bit. So and I've had... um a YouTube video saved in my watch list for a few months that just talks about the last 30 seconds of the movie. What is that? I don't know. Let me see. I'd be curious. I mean, I haven't seen it yet because I didn't want any spoilers. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> uh, let's see. It is Why the Last 30 Seconds of Prisoners Matter by H. Perry Horton. H. Perry Horton? Mm-hmm. I can't say that I've heard of him. Have you seen his other movies? Is he good? No. Or videos, I suppose? No, he's not good. Uh, I haven't seen any others that I know of. Okay. I think it also, the last 30 seconds, I guess, shows a lot about uh, Loki's character, too. The Mm -hmm. fact that, like, he's still there trying to help wrap things up and, like, just cares about his job and is a good detective. Mm -hmm. And, I, I mean, it shows that throughout the whole movie, but the fact that he's the last one out and was there... The whole time to begin with is yeah. telling of his character. He's a good guy. Yeah, he is. Loki is a good guy. Mm-hmm. So let's, um, I don't know, maybe let's take it that direction now. Who is your favorite character? Is it just Loki for all of us? Probably. Um, I also really like uh, the other mom. What's her name? Uh, Nancy. Lucy? Nancy. Yeah. Nancy? Nancy. You've been watching too much Portlandia. No, I said Nancy. Oh. <laughs> I just was, I said it unsure. Oh, I see. I wasn't sure. Um, Actually, both of them, that couple yeah. is really awesome. And they are they, cool. They bring in a lot of the questions, like 
of what's moral and what's not mm-hmm. and what people are willing to do to find their children without being just crazy. It kind of reminded me, I mean, they're basically straight men, right? Like it reminded me today, I was talking with some friends about uh, Tarantino movies and how basically like the characters in these movies just live in completely ridiculous worlds where nothing makes any sense and like everything is just over the top. And every once in a while though, in one of his movies, like some of his characters will meet up with quote unquote normal people and it like makes it even funnier because, or no, no, not a Quentin Tarantino, Wes Anderson. Okay. That like Wes Anderson characters will sometimes meet up with normal people and you realize just how whacked out they are and it makes it funnier. It's kind of a similar thing here. Like it adds weight because as like viewers, if we're seeing him lock up Paul Dano and beat the living crap out of him, like we're already going to be like, Ooh, is he doing the right thing? But like you put somebody in the film to question that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't know. It just adds weight to it. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree. They're good. And even, uh, Keller, like his character is not, unreasonable like there are plenty of people just like him oh yeah it's just like is not every person would actually go then kidnap the person you think is your daughter's abductor and hold him and beat him yeah so well and i think maybe let's talk about his character a little bit before we get uh too into loki because i think that um i guess the the motivations behind his character are pretty clear if you take a second to kind of peel back some layers. And I was thinking about this and I think that the title of the movie is more significant than I gave it credit for previously. Basically like prisoners. Sure. The girls are literally prisoners of the person that kidnapped them, but every character in this film is a prisoner to something for essentially their entire lives right? Like before and after this incident. So if you look at Keller, he is a prisoner to fear, basically, right? He is scared of some apocalypse level event happening and him needing to protect his family. So he stocks up his entire basement with, you know, all kinds of like survival gear and food and all of that. And he's teaching his kid how to hunt and be self-sufficient. And he's always warning him about stuff. He, and he prepares for everything. And even there's that scene where his wife is like, you said you'd keep us safe from everything, but like what happened? And so suddenly he, I mean, he's been running from essentially disaster his entire life. And then he realizes that he couldn't prevent it. And so he suddenly becomes he stops being a prisoner of a more abstract disaster and becomes a prisoner of this specific disaster because it just takes over his entire life and warps his moral compass. And cause like, you know what I mean? Like I think that pre his daughter being kidnapped, if you had asked him like a man's daughter is kidnapped and he thinks he knows who did it. So he kidnaps him, beats the shiz out of him. Is this morally right? He'd have been like, uh, probably not. You know what I mean? But then as soon as he's in that position, he gets pushed to a different level. Mm-hmm. So I think that his character makes a lot of sense. He just does some horribly questionable things. Yes. Yeah, I mean, like, thinking 
like kind of putting yourself in his shoes like you understand you know he's kind of blinded by his rage and his fear and he is 100% set on this Alex being the one who kidnapped his daughter and so like you can understand kind of why he's doing it um but you know from an objective stance like you're just watching a movie and you're like this is horrible but yeah throwing in um the other couple that kind of like rationalizes i guess like the audience point of view where you can be like wait no this is actually really messed up like you can't just beat this guy to a pulp and keep him in a dark box well and i think on the flip side of that coin it also um bringing the other couple in kind of like they're like us they're the every person whatever well i think the husband more so yeah but like they show us that like oh even just a regular person could maybe be okay with this like the wife decided get get wrapped up in it yeah and the wife decided like we're not going to like hurt him but we're not going to stop keller and i think that's like i don't know like i don't know what i would do in that situation and so bringing them in at that point I feel like helps me as like the audience kind of sympathize a little bit more and wonder what I might do in that situation. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I was thinking about that. Like I'm picturing myself with my best friend and like he says, Hey, I got to show you something. And that thing turns out to be a dude that's tied up and he's beating the life out of him. Well, and if it was just some guy, like sure. that's a big deal. But like some guy that you think kidnapped your daughter. Exactly. Like, what do you do in that situation? Yeah, I, I I don't know. I think it's one of those that you probably can't know until you're in it. Uh-huh. And hopefully you're not ever in it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I like the couple, though, is because we see this thing that we are saying, this is awful, this is not right at all. Uh, but this couple makes you question it a bit. Not that it's right in any way, but... It's kind of yeah. like, is he justified or not? Not like I mean, yeah. like it's kind of like yeah this is not right just like this action but like is his actions warranted by like kind of the outcome or the hopeful outcome yeah and it makes you realize that like humans are human and humans do awful things and any one of us could be a human that does an awful thing for what we think is a justifiable reason people suck yes i saw a bumper sticker that said i love cats it's people i hate and I never related to something more in my life except for dogs. <laughs> you like cats? I don't hate them. I'm allergic to them. <laughs> I love how in one moment you're like, I super relate to this thing saying that I like cats more than people. And then your feeling on cats is, well, I don't hate them. <laughs> better than people. I'm a dog person, but cats are better than people. It's because dogs are amazing. People are way better than cats. Cats are little dicks. Well, cats are like on the same plane as people. No, cats are just okay, mean. Okay, have you ever Not met all a cats nice are cat? Mean. No. You need to go to the neighborhood that I live in. There's a very nice cat you need to meet. I had many nice cats growing up. I loved all of them. The best kind of cat is the one that stays out of your way. No. Yeah. The best kind of cat is the one that actually wants to cuddle with you and doesn't just... No, Run because away when you try to cut if a cat them. if a cat is cuddling you, it's literally got little sheathed swords ready to just <laughs> freaking 
eviscerate you if you think about it the wrong way. Guys, I figured out the best cat. It's an animatronic cat. Upstairs. Yes, in your I have it. His name's Oliver. <laughs> the robotic cat. Uh, no, the best cat is named Jerry, and he's a cartoon. <laughs> All right. Let's be clear here. Anyway, Prisoners. Prisoners. Doesn't have any cats in it. Luckily. <laughs> I'd probably like it a lot less if it had cats in it. But, but it does have a dog in it, it would make really It would make more sense to have cats in this movie, though, than in Alien. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. I I think it's sweet that they have a cat in Alien. I mean, sure, I like it doesn't make cat. sense, but they need a, a buddy. Just send a robot, dude. They did, and he tried to kill them. Exactly. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, yeah, that's why I think, like I said, I think that Keller's character is kind of one of the better demonstrations of that idea that everybody in this movie is a prisoner to something. Right. And I think that includes Loki as well. He's, I mean, he's a prisoner to his own expectations of himself. Like the, and whether it's true or not, I don't know. But the wife, when she's like, you know, your captain told me that you solved every case you ever had. And then he's, he tells her like, I'm going to find your daughter. Like he's a, he's a prisoner to his own expectations of himself. You know what I mean? And he's obviously very lonely. Like it seems like he doesn't have anybody really in his life. His life is his career. Well, yeah. How is he out there? Like. We never see his. We never see his house. We never see where he sleeps. We never see if he sleeps. Like he probably sleeps in his car. That would be fitting for his character, or doesn't get much sleep at all. Yeah, I do want to say his jacket in this movie is awesome, and I kind of want it. <laughs> it is pretty cool. So. Well, now I have to see what his jacket is. So, uh, what's the verdict on Jake Gyllenhaal's jacket? It's a good jacket. It's a great jacket. I mean, is there anything? bad that jake gyllenhaal could wear like a mesh top maybe oh no he would work that a mesh yes. top oh yeah a yeah. mesh top a leather collar and some these are things that go together no no no, 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 no. <laughs> do you remember you remember the the like spandex book covers from like middle school yeah you know what i'm talking about uh-huh no You'd buy, they'd be like stretchy and you'd put them over your They're school stupid. books. stupid. I never oh, had them. Oh, okay. And there were some that had like flames on them. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. And he's wearing leggings with those made out of that material. I can picture it. And it I'm not hating fine, it. You, know? you think it works for him? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you seen his face? You guys are insufferable. <laughs> also, his hair is great. Oh, his hair God. is so good in this. And the scenes where it gets messy. Uh, I know. Even like when he's all bloody in the car, I'm like, your hair looks good. <laughs> <laughs> um, on the other side of the coin, though, Hugh Jackman looking very reserved in this movie. Yeah. And he's a very attractive man as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He plays the lumberjack dad very well. Mm-hmm. The atrocious goatee. Yeah, it's pretty rough. I'm sorry. I can't stand those things. <laughs> no, I don't like goatees. But like that kind of goatee specifically where it's so thick and like, just have a beard, dude. Yeah. yeah. Just have a beard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sure. Also, I'm looking here. Ryan Gosling's hair in Blade Runner. Fire. And that's okay. a great jacket as well. Okay. Now put everything you've just imagined Jake Gyllenhaal in. Put it on Ryan Gosling. The mesh, the leather collar, flaming leggings. How's he looking? Ooh, that might look better on Ryan Gosling than Jake Gyllenhaal. She's got a point. I kind of think it would too. 
<laughs> you know, I guess we'll never know unless they actually wear it. So please write in to Jake Gyllenhaal and Ryan Gosling and ask them to wear that. Yeah. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Ryan Gosling, if you're listening, contact at wewatchpodcast.com. Right? I want you to put on a mesh top. Well, both both of you just come meet us and then wear the outfit and we will be the judges. That's a little forward. I don't know if they have the time for that. <laughs> We're saying mesh top, leather collar, flaming leggings, Put take a picture and send it into contact at wewatchpodcast.com. Now, if you want to, more than welcome to come onto the podcast. But if you don't, the picture will suffice. Honestly, you guys don't even have to talk. You just stand in the corner. Dude, you're objectifying them. Do you know how much trouble I would get if I said oh, that shoot. about a woman? Um... We value your opinions. Yeah. You don't think you don't think that Jake Gyllenhaal and Ryan Gosling, after two decades in the film industry, don't have any interesting stories. Where I mean, you like, would rather they fly to Utah I mean, just like, to stand in the corner of the room. They're not obligated to talk. But if they would like to, like, we're not going to pay them by the word. We're not going to pay them at all. Well, yeah. We don't make any money off of this. That's true. <laughs> but, like, I'm not going to say you have to say this, this, and this. Because they get told what to say all the time. I'm going to say, you guys can be quiet if you want. Freedom. <laughs> Hashtag me too. Time's up. What? <laughs> How is this a me too? You objectified them. I don't know. I feel really bad now. That's okay. I'm sure that Jake Gyllenhaal and Ryan Gosling would forgive you with their many millions of dollars. I'm sure they would too. I'm sure, they- I'm sure they'll never even hear that they were oh, yeah. being insulted. So hey, I think never say never, all right? Never say never. Okay. Have you seen the memes where, like, I'm pretty sure it's Ryan Gosling and Jake Gyllenhaal who, like, they can never win any awards, so they have to pick up extra shifts at McDonald's. What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so funny. I love it. So they're too busy at McDonald's to come hang out with us. Yeah, it's a crime that... Uh, do neither of them have an Oscar? I can't think what they... No. I don't... Have they both been nominated? I think so. I know that Ryan Gosling has. Yeah, he was nominated. What was he nominated for? He was nominated for... Half Nelson. Jake Gyllenhaal oh, right. was nominated for Brokeback Mountain. Oh, Okay. Jeez, I can't believe... I, I tried to watch Half Nelson. That's a boring movie. It is pretty boring. I mean, he's he's good in it, but... Yeah, I like the concept of it. I just got 40 minutes into it, and I was like, I'm 40 minutes into this thing. Yeah. And I don't want to watch it anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's very slow. So, I didn't watch it anymore. I actually felt the same way about Moon, but I finished that one. Prisoners. Okay. Right. <laughs> Prisoners. Yes. By Denis Villeneuve. Um, see, I think that... Loki is my favorite character, though, because he, I feel like he is the only one that's able to measure his passions, I guess I would say. Like, he's the only one that I feel like is consistently trying to do the right thing and is worried about if what he is doing is the right thing. Mm-hmm. For the most part, he does use some excessive force. And I will say, I did find it a little odd that he doesn't have a partner. Do police officers yeah. ever not have a partner like this? I don't know. That that was very odd to me. Like, you got to have someone watching your back and helping you. Well, and even just, like, to be able to, I mean, conceptually, right? Like, be able to say whether or not you're telling the truth about something. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Huh. But he, he is my favorite character, and I think that he has a very uh, compelling story. 
as far as like how quickly he just gets wrapped up in everything. Like it's not his family. You know what I mean? But he's, mm-hmm. he's in there. And I am sure that's why he's such a good detective and why, if it's true or not, he's like always been able to solve a case is because he gets so into it mm-hmm. and doesn't have a life outside of it. For real though. And what's he always chewing on? I don't know. I was wondering that when he was in the car. Yeah. It, would just it looked like, like, like a toothpick short toothpick. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe like a matchstick or something. Maybe. That'd be cool. He's chewing on <laughs> matches. <laughs> it's like chewing on an actual cigarette. <laughs> Somebody's like, hey, uh, Loki, they make chewing tobacco. <laughs> nah, I prefer it this way. <laughs> Give me that key card. <laughs> well, I will that say, was a crazy scene. He, he, does, he does abuse that man. Oh, yeah. That was... Excessive. He smashes his face right into the table after he smashed his head into the wall in his own home. Yeah. And the poor guy, he was just a victim as well. Yeah. So, wait, I'm trying to like understand exactly why all of that happened. So he was a victim uh, and he uh, was... Do you want me to run you through it? Yeah. Because I feel like I picked up on it so much better than I did last time. Okay. And I freaking... Like, last time I was kind of like, oh, these are cool things, but I don't understand how they're all connected. This time I saw it all come together. Okay. Right? Go for so, it. So, here we go. The aunt. Um, what's her name? Holly? Yes. Holly and her husband, Henry. I don't know if that's his name, but I assume it is. Let's say it is. Know. Holly and Henry have a kid. Or they are... Uh, devoutly religious people right they have a kid yes uh they go around trying to evangelize whatever uh-huh. their kid gets cancer and dies so that part you think is all true yes okay so their kid gets cancer and dies now as a result of this they lose their faith and decide that it is their mission to make other people lose their faith as well right uh-huh. i also think that's true because it's from two sources both the priest and the woman use that phrase of war against god yeah right their war against God is to kidnap children and murder them in an attempt to make the parents lose their faith, right? And therefore distance themselves from God. Mm-hmm. They do this by drugging them with a mixture of ketamine and LSD. We learn this because uh, the, what's the guy? Taylor? Yeah, Bob Taylor. Bob Taylor. Uh, Loki talks about that, that Bob Taylor was abducted when he was a kid. Uh, ran away after three weeks. He was drugged with a mixture of LSD and ketamine, right? Now, Alex was the first person they ever kidnapped, but they didn't have the guts to kill him first. I think they just wanted to remove him from his parents, mm-hmm. which is what he referencing when he's in the shower and he says, I'm not Alex. Yeah. He's actually Barry or whatever his name is, mm-hmm. right? Um, so he's kidnapped and gets basically adopted by them and then they kill a bunch of kids over the course of however long. Now, this is where it gets into a bit of speculation. Barry, I assume, or Henry or whatever I called him. Henry, right? Yeah. Henry, the husband, he gets cold feet at some point, mm-hmm. wants to stop killing the children, and um, Holly does not want to stop killing children. So they get in a fight. She says that he got in a fight, he ran out, never came back, right? He, um, as a result of his guilt, runs out and goes and talks to a priest mm-hmm. and confesses to killing 16 kids so the priest murders him puts him in his basement mm-hmm. right that's the end of henry yeah um she continues killing 
until the point that we reach in this movie. But does she continue killing? Cause she said she slowed down. That's true. It, it just made it sound like um, she didn't have a ton to do with the, the abduction of the kids. That was uh, Alex. He mm-hmm. just wanted to play with them. And then she kept them. Yeah. So she just says that she slowed down after her husband left. Okay. Whatever that means. In this specific case, yes, Alex brought the kids home and she decided to kill them. Yes. But they make it out. Mm-hmm. So, like, my confusion the first time was where... Um, oh, and basically, Bob Taylor escapes, right? But he's so jacked up from the experience that it Fs up his entire life. Basically, he becomes obsessed with the maze. Because mm-hmm. if you look on the book that they give the kids, it says, if you solve all the mazes, you can leave. But we know that the last maze is impossible to solve. Yeah. Right? So it's to keep them... They give them the drugs and they give them the maze book to keep them basically pacified. Mm-hmm. Right? And... The snakes, her husband used to keep snakes. They said at the end they found a bunch of snakes frozen in the ground. So Bob becomes basically obsessed with this event in his life Mm -hmm. um, and this trauma that he experienced. So he becomes obsessed with mazes and snakes and children's clothes and all these things. And that's what jacks him up for life. So why, though, like why did he buy all the clothes and sneak into the houses and steal their clothes specifically and keep them? I think it's just PTSD, honestly. Okay. He just gets super messed up by the whole thing. And so he keeps, for whatever reason, that's the way his brain decided to handle the trauma. He keeps reliving it by bringing these elements of his trauma into his life. Hmm. Okay. And when he sees the girls go missing and it gets all kind of publicity, he connects to that and he wants to be connected to it, right? So that's why he steals their clothes. Okay. He's just an innocent dude all along. Just like Alex. Oh, I feel so bad for Alex. Like, uh, yeah. Over the course of the movie, that's the most depressing part of the whole movie. Yeah. Is him. Just totally caught in the crossfire. Yeah. Like, he literally never, ever did anything wrong. But everybody on both sides, on all sides, is just coming after him. Yeah. Oh boy. (laughs) And like, if you think back to what he said, like they didn't scream until I left them. Yeah. Yeah. Like it makes more sense there. Yeah. When, when the aunt says that he brought him home and I decided they should stay. Yeah. She's just a conniving old lady. I know. Little bag. Uh, but it is, and I thought this was interesting. I'm sure that he was inspired by this, but she gives her little monologue, her her villain monologue at the end of the movie. Ted Bundy has a quote. He says that murder is like changing oil. The first time you're very exacting and careful, and the 30th time you can't remember where you left the wrench. Mm-hmm. So like when she's talking about that, like um, she's like, oh, you know, there's so many names you forget about it. She's like, I forgot all about X until I saw him on the news. Like... Mm-hmm. She's just totally detached from the process at that point, too. Oh, my gosh. Ugh. So awful. It's very awful. But they catch her. Yeah. They do. It's good. The bag. (laughs) I hate her so much. She sucks. She does suck. I really do. I just, I can't stand her. And just the scene, oh, when Loki goes and, um gets anna and is driving to the hospital like, oh my gosh that is the most intense scene in the oh whole movie gosh. 
Yes. And it's just everything about it is terrifying because he can't see the road and it's raining and she's foaming from the mouth and he has to cut through traffic to get to the hospital. He's and, wiping blood out of his eyes the whole time. Oh my and, gosh. Oh. Yeah. It's very well done. I was going to make a joke at that point in the movie, but it didn't seem like the tone was right for one. I was going to make a joke in the very last bit, but I didn't feel like it was. <laughs> Let's hear it. What joke were you? My, my, mine was going to come first in the movie. So when he's skidding around traffic and it's dark and swervy and he can't see very well, I was going to say, I really hope that Anna doesn't stick out her head to get some air. <laughs> oh. I probably would have punched you if you oh said that. God. That's awful. Oh my gosh. That's not the scene well, that I want in my head right now. Mine's not as good. I was just going to say when you hear the whistle at the end, I was just going to say, oh my gosh, it's like Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> we should just start saving the jokes that we can't tell during the movie because it's not the right tone and then we'll tell them during the podcast. Oh, I usually don't care about the tone, but I looked over and I saw that you had just become like a mixture of blanket and person. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I would not have appreciated that at the moment. <laughs> the intensity level was very high. Oh yeah. Um, I wanted to mention that as well. I think that Becca and I have been talking about this a lot lately. Um, as far as like what it means to be a good director and what, like what makes a director's style identifiable basically. Mm-hmm. Um, And I was really noticing it during this movie, and then I was thinking about it for his other movies. And I think what I love so much about Denis Villeneuve's movies is that everything, and I mean everything, is so intense, right? Like every single scene in every single one of his movies has some sort of tension associated with it. And the way that he frames people and the color palettes that he chooses to use all serve that but his movies are so like just clenched all the time and i really like that Hmm. i think that's how i would describe his style is very intense and kind of cold honestly okay yeah while you're talking i was trying to think about i was thinking through all the movies and trying to think about what was similar between them but i think that's exactly right just tension and Mm -hmm. clenched and he does a lot of like, like he doesn't do shaky cam, for example. Like everything is very steady. And if the camera moves, it moves very slowly, right? I'm thinking of like the opening shot in Blade Runner 2049 where like you're overhead Ryan Gosling's car, right? Mm-hmm. And the camera's moving very slowly. Or like, um, I just lost it. Oh, like the, the, the like establishing shots in Sicario, right? Where you're just like very slowly panning over the, like the landscape and everything. And in this one, there's just so many amazing, not even like super long, but just like steady takes. I'm thinking specifically of when they're in the bathroom of the apartment complex and Hugh Jackman goes and gets the hammer. Oh, yeah. And that whole thing is just one take. Oh. And it's just, it's just a single shot. Of, and it's from outside the bathroom door. And that's to make you feel detached from it, right? Like mm-hmm. you were supposed to feel like you're not a part of it, that you're just observing, right? Mm-hmm. So he walks out and in the single shot, he comes back and grabs the hammer, smashes up the sink, puts it in the wall, comes out, slumps down, 
Paul Dano and the and the black guy slump down, and then the scene ends. Like he just has there's just such an intensity, and it's because of the way he frames things, and because there's not a lot of camera movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were like a few shots um, that like in another movie, like maybe this shot would be like so the specific shot is at the end when Loki goes into the house and it's just him through the front doorway and oh yeah like it's like pretty much blocked out and all you see is him and like i was totally expecting just like someone to shoot him because like there are so many movies that set up a frame like that for like a big surprise Mm -hmm. so or even when he's in the priest's house and he's mm -hmm. peeking over the edge you assume the priest is going to get up and kick him down down or whatever Yeah. yeah or like when hugh jackman was like leaning into the hole and i thought she was just gonna like kick him into it yeah so yeah it's it kind of like triggers maybe like similar things you've seen in other movies or just like kind of these fears and stress that you didn't realize you had until you're like watching it. Yeah. But then it doesn't release in the same way. Like it's not some like a surprise shot. So it kind of keeps the tension even after the scene's over. He's very, very good at that. Yeah. It makes me just want to like, I just want to like marathon a bunch of his movies tonight like even after just watching this one i want to i want to go watch enemy because <laughs> that movie's so good yeah and we watched those two like right like back to back almost when we first watched them yeah we had a great weekend where we watched prisoners enemy and black swan that's right all, all <laughs> yeah. in like three days <laughs> it was rough it was so much for me to it was a great digest. weekend <laughs> It was our first time seeing all three of them. And then we bought all three of them. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and two of them are, well, one's a for sure 10 and the other one is probably a 10. <laughs> Great movies. Um, What else? Anything? Um, I was just going to say that I think it's ridiculous that the only nomination this got was for cinematography. Uh, which it deserves. Oh, yeah, for sure. What one? Um, oh, look, you talk. Gravity. That's why we were getting uh, so many yoinks. good trailers. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so that one I was kind of like, oh, yeah, okay. So, I don't know. I, like, I was looking at the nominees for that year, and like a lot of characters from American Hustle got nominated. That's a great movie, though. It is good, but like, I don't know. I just don't feel like the performances were as solid as this one i'd argue with that i could say like um amy adams is really good in that i wouldn't say that like i would i wouldn't say that i think american hustle is a better movie than this one i think it at least i mean i don't think that either of them have had a lot of staying power to be honest like i don't think either of them are movies that are like hot topics or get talked about a lot Mm. But I don't think, I also wouldn't look at the performances, any of the performances from American Hustle and say that they were undeserving of nomination. Yeah, I mean, like, I wouldn't say they're undeserving, but I just feel like they're these, I don't know, maybe these ones were just more effective for me. I wasn't, like, a huge fan of American Hustle, Um, so I don't know, maybe that's just me. Oh, this was the year that uh, 12 Years a Slave won. Mm Mm-hmm. Nebraska. That's a movie. I I think I, that's on my list for I this year. I wanted to see that I hear when it's it came out. Really good. 
Jeez, this was a freaking killer year, people. These yeah. are your best picture nominees. <laughs> 12 Years a Slave, Captain Phillips, Gravity, Nebraska, Wolf of Wall Street, American Hustle, Dallas Buyers Club, Her, and Philomena, which is a movie that not even the makers of that movie have thought about it since it came out. (laughs) Remember when the Oscars were good? Yeah, dude. This was a great year. (sighs) What's... Hang on. So, Sid, you haven't seen all of these, I assume, right? Um, I am, like... I have 30 minutes left of Dallas Buyers Club. And other than that, I haven't seen Nebraska. Okay. Um, and Becca, you're probably pretty in the dark, right? Um, yeah. I've only seen 12 Years a Slave, American Hustle. All right. So from these nominees, Sid, what's your pick? What would you give it to? Her. I, I love that. Really? Movie. Yeah. I mean, 12 Years a Slave is great and completely deserving. But Her has just like really stuck with me for the past year since I've seen it. That's fair. Um, I think her would be my number two. Mm. What's your number one? Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen that one. Yet. Oh, wait. Just kidding. I haven't seen that one either. Oh, my gosh. Don't watch it with your parents. I for sure won't. <laughs> or I'll just stare them down during any sex scene. That movie is like criminally good. It is so good that it shouldn't be allowed. But it's... Um, a difficult watch mm-hmm. for those who are more sensitive to any content. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so outrageously good. I think that would be my pick. I think that should have won. See, like, it's really hard to watch those kind of movies because it's either I watch it in my apartment on my big screen TV and risk my roommates walking in. <laughs> Or I watch it on my laptop. Yeah. And I don't feel like that one deserves my laptop. And I think it's I think it's interesting. Um, as far as... Like, Toy Years of Slave is a fine movie. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, I do think that if you make a historical drama, you get a leg up. And if your historical drama is about slavery, you get two legs up as far as winning. Right? At Green Book. <laughs> uh, it's not about slavery. It's a historical drama, though. It's character drama. In any Hate case. It. Green Book sucks. Um, But if we're looking here, this is actually a really good year for movies with staying power as well. I think that uh, Wolf of Wall Street, Her, and Gravity are all movies that are still in conversation. Mm -hmm. That's pretty good. Yeah. 12 Years a Slave is one that nobody talks about. It's depressing. Yeah. I mean, well, it's also not really a movie that, like, is very fun to talk about. I just mean, like, when people are are like, oh, best movies the last 10 years or whatever, like... Half the world probably has her on their list. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, performances. Dallas Buyers Club. I heard that Matthew Bonnet is fantastic in He's that. He's really good in that. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's yeah. another one you should not watch with your parents. <laughs> I assume. The very first scene. Don't watch it with them. Deal. Done. <laughs> I don't watch anything with my parents. <laughs> and then Alfonso Cuarón one director. Uh, that's fine. But I, I would have liked to see uh, Villeneuve nominated. Mm-hmm. Has he been nominated for Best Director? Can we find out? Uh, yeah, for Arrival. Ooh. Because that was nominated for Best Picture, too. Yeah. That's a great movie. But yeah, I don't know. I thought that was interesting that this year, like, Prisoners, it was. it's a stacked deck. Like, yeah. you're going up against... Like, if out of the Best Picture nominees, you can find three that are still relevant five years on like 
Yeah. That's really good. It was just a good year. A really good year. Oh, yeah. Let's go back to 2013 slash 2016. Dude, go back to 2017. 2017 was a good year. Just, we don't talk about 2018. Yeah. Except for Olivia Coleman and Roma. Hey. <laughs> That's things we had great movies. Yeah, like, yeah. But they just refuse to acknowledge them. Yeah, dude. Check out these nominees for 2018. Shape of Water, Darkest Hour, Get Out, Phantom Thread, Three Billboards, Call Me By Your Name, Dunkirk, Lady Bird, and The Post. The Post is a... It's so boring. Uh, it, I forgot about that. You could <laughs> light the entire world's supply of the Washington Post on fire, and it would be more entertaining than watching The Post. <laughs> Just to literally sit and watch so fire boring. burn. <laughs> like, I hardly ever fall asleep in a movie theater, but I was falling asleep during that It's a one. bad movie. It's so boring. So, Academy, you need to get your stuff together. Stop uh, worrying about your ratings and just nominate good movies. I don't want to look at it. It's honestly, just looking at, like, the posters, they're just, like, not that pretty. Like, I don't know. Except for Roma. Oh, yeah, for sure. And The Favorite. Yeah. But, like, everything else is just kind of, like, subpar. Just, like, meh. That's true. All right, before we get too off task. Whatever. Let's finish this out, folks. Yeah. We're going to talk about, uh, we're going to get some IMDb movie trivia. And during that time, we are all going to be formulating our score out of 10, at which point that score will be placed on the Weston scale, the objective rating of all movies. Sid, what do you got for us? Okay. Um, to play Holly Jones, the aunt, uh, Melissa Leo wore a gray wig and a foam rubber posterior. Because have you ever looked at the actress? She had a fake butt. You yeah, yeah. I know who Melissa Leo is. She's gorgeous. Yeah. I I don't. I did not realize that was her. Yeah. Um, and then uh, they requested that they don't clean her glasses. So they'd just be all gross and grimy. <laughs> um, Jake Gyllenhaal was cast in this without even an audition after Enemy. I That makes sense. Yeah. He owns that entire movie. Oh, yeah. Um, Loki's tattoos and Freemason ring and facial tics. Oh, I guess there was facial tics. Um, were all Jake Gyllenhaal's idea. What is a Freemason ring? You mentioned it. This means he's a Freemason. It's a fraternal society. Oh. And he's a frat. A frat boy. It's basically the first frat. Oh, okay. All right. But there's all kinds of like, like moral code and weird mm. indoctrination rituals and all kinds of stuff okay i don't know a whole lot about it honestly okay. um the original cut was three hours so I, maybe they did have something Give at the prison. end could be i don't know we'll have to check the blu-ray see if there's deleted scenes yeah uh mark Wahlberg and christian Bale were set to play um the starring roles with brian singer directing yikes yeah all of that sounds horrible um but then they opted out to do the fighter so good choice brian singer didn't direct the fighter did he Oh. I just, I don't, Brian Singer's a pedophile. Anyway. Yep. And also he directed <clears throat> Bohemian Rhapsody. I almost Same got in a fight with someone over that at a bridal shower today. Yep. <laughs> uh, for the um, uninitiated, Brian Singer's a pedophile. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Woody Allen is a pedophile. Ugh. Um, and what's his name? Roman Polanski. Roman Polanski is a pedophile. Oh yeah. Don't support them. Um, Unless you're going to watch Rosemary's Baby because that's a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> if you can get it illegally. Yeah, pirate pirate uh Rosemary's Baby. <laughs> that's what I did with Chinatown, so. Okay, that's fair. Okay. Um 
After filming had completed, the costume and prop department donated all their clothing to a thrift store in Georgia. Huh. Hmm. I Which guess I assume this is where it filmed. Probably. They were just like all these clothes soaked in blood. <laughs> was like, Here, Here we go. go. <laughs> um, apparently the the aunt, Holly Jones, um, is also the name of a 10-year-old girl who was kidnapped and murdered in 2003. I don't know if they did that on purpose. Yikes. Or, so yeah um i feel like that's not like a good reference because she's the yeah i know i know like if it is a reference didn't quite hit the mark there (laughs) um there wasn't a whole lot of trivia for this one so that's fair just Um, give us what you got the moment where holly asked keller to drink a little more of the mixture was improvised because Melissa Leo thought that Jack, or like it, it would be a more believable situation if she was like forcing him to do something. Um, the first time this was submitted to the MPAA, it was at NC-17 um, due to its tone and subject matter. For real? Yeah, they're a little sensitive Dude, over there. Dude, the, here's the thing. All right. I'm not going to get too off topic on this, but I'm going to go a little off topic on this. The MPAA can suck a fat one, right? <laughs> Talk about, I'm sorry. Like, I understand their purpose, right? Like, if an industry if an industry does not self-regulate, then the government steps in and does it for them. And the last thing that we need is the government rating films, right? Oh, yeah. But the MPAA can suck a big, giant, fat one because they are so up their own butts, think they are so cool, think that they are the authority on anything and everything when they just suck, right? Like, NC-17 for this, give me a break. Shut up. You guys suck. <laughs> you tell them. Yeah. Also, they have a freaking stranglehold on the entire industry, right? Because you think to yourself, oh, well, what happens if you just don't submit your movie to the MPAA? Most movie theaters um, or, and or production companies have agreements with the MPAA that uh, movie theaters cannot screen movies that have not been rated by the MPAA. So they have a monopoly over this movie rating industry, and there is no competition allowed. So they just do whatever they want. So they could be like, oh, you know what, George Lucas, we don't like you anymore for whatever reason, right? They're like, all of your movies are now rated X or rated NC-17. And most, almost all mainstream theaters will not screen NC-17 movies either. Just a policy that they have. So, like, if the the MPA just wanted to screw somebody over, they could. It's scary. Well, I remember reading something for um, Taxi Driver. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, I want to see that. It's good. Um, But, like, they almost rated that NC-17 because the blood was just, like, too colorful. So, like, they had to tone down the blood and then it was totally fine. It's just, it's stupid stuff like that. Well, and it's all arbitrary. It's not like, I mean, with, like, F-words, they have a limit. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, like, who the freak cares? It's true. Right. They're like, you can have two in a PG-13 unless one of them refers to a sexual act, in which case you can have one. Like, that's literally the rule. Who came up with that? It's so dumb. It's so stupid. It's like, oh, no, if you hear it more than once, you're. You better be above 17. Like, what? (laughs) Yeah, it's dumb. Um. But yeah, so to get past that and to get it rated R, um, they cut torture scenes and um, cut scenes suggesting pedophilia. 
Which would have been really awkward if Brian Singer directed this. Yeah. Probably because there is that very, very short sequence where Loki goes and talks to sex offenders. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I assume that was probably a longer sequence. Yeah. And then the torture was probably just more things with Paul Dano. (laughs) The poor guy. Um, Originally, Hugh Jackman was never discovered by the police at the end. Um, He would have remained missing and died, um, but that was deemed too bleak. And I'm very glad that they changed that. Yeah. Because honestly, he needs to go to jail. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I don't know. It's just good to know, like for the family to know that he's alive, Mm -hmm. even if he's going to jail. And for him to know that his daughter's okay. Yeah. Even though he's going to jail. Like, yeah, those are still important things. Again, going to jail deservedly. Yes. I don't have a lot of sympathy for the guy, personally. No, but like... no. I kind of feel more for the family yeah. where it's like, oh, well, absolutely. could you imagine like you thought your daughter was dead and then she's back, but yeah. now yeah, your husband's dead. Well, and even like the kid calls him out at one point, right? Yeah. He's like, you need to be here with me and mom. Like you're out doing whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Screw you. Okay. Uh, last one for the hammer scene. Uh, Denis Villeneuve asked Hugh Jackman to be completely ferocious in the next take. And that was the final one used. Jeez. He's terrifying yeah. in that. He is. Yeah. Oh the way he just like, hits the sink and breaks it and like i think about hugh jackman in real life and like videos i've seen of him he's completely different than like his most famous roles like wolverine he's a jolly dude oh yeah he's a real nice guy but like you see him in any movie and you're like i would be terrified if i saw him in real life man you just saying that now i want to watch logan i really want to watch another movie tonight that's a good one (laughs) i have been wanting to watch logan for a long time we should watch logan noir it's logan in black and white why 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 would we want to do that i don't know it's in the blu-ray set for some reason that'd be kind of cool yeah huh. i don't know it's not like they just sapped the color out like they retreated it in black and white hmm. i watched um a youtube video where like vfx artists were talking about like rating best and worst effects in movies and is it the same channel that did the accents thing no it was like they're like an actual like these guys that are like actual vfx oh like they own the channel yeah oh that'd be cool yeah and they said one of the guys said that like one of the best shots he's ever seen is the double of logan coming down the stairs which like when you think when you hear what they talk about it's insane how much work goes into any of that cgi oh yeah anyway i'm off on a tangent all right final thoughts we're gonna close this out thank you for the trivia (laughs) of course we appreciated it. It added to our experience. Becca, your rating out of 10. All right. And final thoughts on Geneva News Prisoners. Um, again, I think that this movie is great. Uh, I don't feel like it has a lot of like deep, meaningful things to talk about, but it's like a great... You don't? I mean, besides what we talked about, but like... I, I would disagree with that, but continue. I don't know. It's not a movie that I like think about at least the last time I watched it, I thought about it after because I was like, Oh, that was a great movie. I'd love to watch it again. But I didn't think about the themes necessarily. I just thought it was a very good, intense movie about abduction. And I very much enjoyed it. And even though it was very depressing, I will rate it 8.3. It's lower than I thought you were going to give it. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I thought you liked this I one more. I, I like it a lot. I feel like that's a good score. That is a good score. Okay. I just thought it was going to be higher. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Sid. 
Um, yeah, I really like this one. I mean, it's not the most fun movie to watch. It's not really one you'd want to throw on if you're trying to have a group hang. Um, but just like the storyline and the acting and we didn't talk about the music, but the music's great. The music's very good. And just, of course, the cinematography. Um, Roger Deakins can take any ugly thing and make it beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really, really liked it. Um, and I'm going to give this one 8.6. Yeah. Righto. Yeah, I, uh, again, my least favorite Denis Villeneuve movie, but that more speaks to just how freaking good every one of his movies is. <laughs> Dude's a master. Um, I think that he's probably the best director working right now as far as like consistently coming out with new material um, and everything that he does I'm excited for, especially Dune because I just want to see that really bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that we've uh, talked about this movie at length. I, I, I half agree with Becca in that I think you can watch this and it is an excellent crime thriller, right? It does that incredibly well, but I, I also think there is some uh, deeper meaning there and things to consider, such as, you know, what am I a prisoner to in my own life and how can I overcome that to become more autonomous, right? Which is, uh, I guess, a similar theme tackled in Blade Runner. As well as Arrival, actually. He has this really, like, uh, and I guess Enemy talks about that as well, and Sicario not as much, but I guess you could tie it in as well. He has this he has this through line through all of his films of becoming uh, essentially the owner of your own life and deciding what is, like, making a conscious decision of what is what is important to you, what is your moral code, and... Essentially, and he, he ties it all together in Blade Runner with essentially the idea that that's what it means to truly be human, right? Because consciousness is what separates us from just animals, right? Is the awareness that we exist. And I guess, like I said, he ties it all up in Blade Runner, but that's kind of the through line through all of his films is that what it really means to be human is to become the owner of your own life and to consciously decide... Um, what's important to you, what you're going to do, and why. And I think that's very interesting. I think that this that ties into that greater body of work that he has presented. I didn't think I was going to have the highest score here. This is a nine for me. Wow. Yeah. I feel like usually we rate things pretty similarly, yeah. but we're kind of all over on yeah, this. Yeah, we're spread. So eight, three, eight, six, and a nine. What's that put us at? I'd say like eight, seven. Probably. I don't know. Let's just say an eight six. We'll just give it to the middle vote. <laughs> it's be like an eight six and a half. I don't know. Eight six it is. Alright. Um that just got rated lower than Sicario, guys. I don't think it's worse than Sicario, but I think I gave Sicario like a seven point something. So Yeah, you brought Sicario's score down a yeah. lot. Alright. Well that's that about prisoners. Um, to not stretch things out too long, um, you watched anything, have, have we watched anything good? Um, well, yeah, so I saw Godzilla yesterday <sighs> and like storyline is kind of just like, eh, like it's not really like anything I was particularly invested in, but I didn't hate it, but it's just, it's just awesome. And 
cool and you just see a bunch of monsters fighting each other um yeah i mean it's like a pretty solid movie i definitely don't agree with what um ron tomatoes is saying about it but i think it's awesome what's ron tomatoes saying about it um they were saying putting it like i think maybe the 30s oh seriously yeah which i thought was ridiculous it's like there's really nothing like offensive about who's expecting it to be amazing you know what i mean i want to yeah. see monsters punch each other in the face if you give me that hello yeah i love it <laughs> um yeah they give it 39 which that's ridiculous shut up like okay it's 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 a dumb summer movie it's not gonna be some i don't know instant classic but it's awesome and Robert Pattinson has officially been cast as Batman. Yeah, I saw that. Ooh. Pretty rad. <laughs> I'm pumped. Also, we talked about this last week, but it was lost. Um, the Lighthouse won an award at Cannes. Mm-hmm. So Robert Pattinson in a great spot with his career. Um, anything else exciting that you watched? Um, I've been watching a lot of Broadchurch, which is... That's the one with Olivia Coleman, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like a, a British uh, crime drama, and it's good. My sister told me it was really good. It's really good. I am about halfway through the second season. Is it on Netflix? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're we're chugging through some HBO right now. We're watching... I haven't started Chernobyl yet. Uh, you might just want to wait till it's over. It's very good. Yeah, yeah I... You're going to want to binge it. I okay. hate having to wait. It sucks having episode. to wait. But then every... How many more episodes does it have? Two, I think. I think so. Okay. Yeah, I think there's six episodes. Okay, I can wait. Because, like, I would have loved to be able to just binge it. But, like, also now that we've started, like, we can't wait for it to be done. Yeah. Monday rolls around and we're like, ah, Chernobyl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've been watching Chernobyl. We've been watching the third season of True Detective. Mm. Um, and after True Detective is over, I really want to watch Westworld with you. Okay. Do you know what it's about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you've been trying to get me to watch it with you for a long time now. It's so good. <laughs> heard really good things about that one um a lot of weird nudity uh-huh. but it's very good um i gotta say well we watched an episode of true detective today and i'm starting to get a bit disappointed honestly you were also like only half paying attention i thought this episode was it's really fair. good it was fine but like it's just not giving me as much as i want as much what <laughs> detail about what's happening like i feel like oh well duh they're not gonna tell you well, I know, but there's only a few more episodes left, and I feel like the past three episodes, I have learned nothing new of, like, major importance. Except uh, Maybe. a couple things. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, I'm just not loving it as much as I liked uh, the first season. Well. Also, <laughs> just not as much as I thought I would, so. We all know that the first so. season of True Detective is the greatest season television ever made. It is really good. I could watch that one again because I don't think I liked it as much when I watched it as I do remembering watching it. Yeah. If that makes sense. Well, so I really want to watch, so I want to watch Westworld when we're done. That's 10 episodes. That's no big deal. Okay. Um, And then I do want to watch the second season of True Detective. And then I think it'd be fun to get into Deadwood. Mm, Okay. I'm interested in that. If you ever want something a bit lighter, I started watching Barry. I've heard that's it's really so good. It's so funny. Oh my gosh. I'm like, I probably watched like the first six episodes in like two days. Maybe we'll watch that tonight. We, we need, need something, something to watch funny. tonight that's funny, I it's, think. It's yeah. really good. 
Yeah, All right. it's great. Because that's uh, Bill Hader, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, it's either Henry, I think it's Henry Dinkler. No. What? What's his name? What are you thinking of? I don't know. Let me look it up. But he's great. Um, the only other thing that we watched of note is The Elephant Man. Ooh. Oh, yeah. David Lynch? Yeah. That oh. was amazing. Uh, really something special. Like, I was so impressed by it. I I don't know. I didn't know if I would really like it or not. I don't know. I just didn't have a ton of expectations, but I loved it. Oh. That movie actually messed me up. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty pretty awful. Here's the thing, it's phenomenal, and it doesn't, it's not even like, I don't know, it is really depressing. Well, it was interesting, because usually after we watch a new movie, Andrew is like, just talking about it to me for the rest of the night, but that one, I was wanting to talk about it, and he was just... It just messed me up, yeah, it really I did, it got to, to me, it got to me it. really bad, mm-hmm. but it was phenomenal, it was highly, really good. Do you, are you on Criterion Channel? Mm-mm. Oh well, it doesn't matter. It came off today anyway. That's why okay. we watched it. Is because it it was like oh, a yeah. it was like a limited. They like lent it to them to stream it until June first. Oh, okay. So. I'm surprised that you didn't mention that uh, we watched Suspiria. <gasps> it's because I didn't put it on my list. <laughs> While you're doing I've, that, I figured out who the actor is. It's Henry Winkler. Ah, he's close. <laughs> fantastic in it. Dinkler, whose name is Dinkler? <laughs> Peter Dinklage. That's Dinklage. I don't know. I thought you might have gotten confused. Uh, that's probably what happened. They don't look anything alike. Whatever. So, yes, we watched Suspiria. <laughs> How did you like it? I didn't hate it. That's good. Boom. That's a victory, y'all. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. That's a victory. <laughs> if Becca, for Becca to not hate it. It was even better the third time. The third time. <laughs> Here's the thing. It was incredible the first time. Better the second time. Even better the third time. I still love thinking back to when we first talked about it. And you're like, I don't think it's one I'll see again, but I really liked it. And then I couldn't stop freaking thinking about it. And I went back two days later and saw it. Because it's good. So good. Well, I had a super harsh reaction to it. And I definitely didn't have as harsh of a reaction the second time. But it's still just not fun to watch. Oh, I disagree. (laughs) I mean, I love the dancing, but... Every single dance scene is coupled with some gruesome things. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. I did think, I do think I've officially decided though that my favorite thing about it is the music. It's pretty good. I think that takes the Like I can, me. I can hear the theme. I agree right with now. that. The music is the best part. <sighs> yeah. I, for, I forgot that we had watched it cause I didn't put it on my list for whatever reason, <laughs> but now it's on my list good. forever remembered. <laughs> Uh, 31 days until midsummer. Woo. Just a little reminder there. Um, I do want to say because last week's episode was deleted that we watched, um, aliens and Prometheus. Oh yeah. And they were really, really good. So if anybody like listened to our episode about alien was like, Oh, that was dumb. I'm not going to watch it or whatever. Watch it and then watch all the other ones. Yeah, watch Aliens and Prometheus. And we're still working through. We have Alien Covenant and Alien 3 to watch still. Mm-hmm. But like, I was so impressed. Such good movies. Aliens is freaking rad. Yes. And then if Aliens is freaking rad, Prometheus is like freaking rad on 
like steroids. It's so it's just such a freaking cool movie. It's so good. <laughs> and supposedly Covenant is better than Prometheus. Huh. All right. So. And we've also we started watching. I'm sure it'll take us a while to get through it. We started watching uh, Decalogue, which is oh, a yeah. Polish television series from the 80s. No, the 90s. About um, it basically takes the moral conundrums of the Ten Commandments and turns each one into an episode of TV. It's an hour long, so we started watching that. And the first episode was quite good. Yeah. So we're we're starting to consume a lot more like hour long content because that's about how long we have together most nights. So. Yep. Anything else? Nope. I think that's it. Uh, once again, 31 days until Midsummer comes out. We will be coming at you with a podcast about that one. Oh, yeah. I've already, uh, we've already made the decision there. For sure. Uh, you get to hear why Becca doesn't like it and why Sid and I love it. Yep. <laughs> what if I love it and you guys hate it? <gasps> Dude. That'd be so that'd exciting. That'd be twist of the year. <gasps> That'd be so that would fun. be exciting. I do think that we are going to try and do more episodes this year about uh, new movies coming out. Once some really hot stuff starts coming out. Because mm-hmm. you, the listener, uh, seem to like those episodes a lot more. Mm-hmm. So once exciting things start coming out, we'll start doing episodes on them. I think we'd like to do one on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I want to do one on The Irishman. I want to do Midsummer, obviously. So yeah. We'll see if The Lighthouse is an episode or not. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. In any case, uh, thanks for sticking around, guys. Uh, for the listener, you guys have to be here. Yes, okay. Could I have gone twenty minutes ago? <laughs> I was just a, like, "See you guys." The podcast would have been a lot more boring. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so exciting. We all know I'm the life of this podcast. It's just me and Becca arguing about Suspiria. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it would be. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, we thank you guys for sticking around. Uh, we'll be coming at you obviously next week with another episode, and we'll see what we watch. Who knows? Nobody knows. Um, if you want to get in contact with us, uh, you can do so at facebook.com slash we watch podcast. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at we watch podcast. Uh, you can email us contact at we watch podcast.com. Um, and that's it. If you like us, and if you stuck around this long, you have some extra time. So if you like us, uh, please go uh, give us a rating on iTunes. Whatever you think is fair. I'm not going to tell you give us five stars. I'd like you to give us five stars. But give us whatever you think is fair. Uh, reviews help push us up in the search results, which we'd greatly appreciate. Um, if you guys have any suggestions, feel free to let us know. We love listener suggestions, and we'd love to talk about it. Um, but as for now, that is it. My name is Andrew. I'm Becca. I'm Sid. And we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.